Hello there, HCI learners. Welcome to another episode of Nine to Thrive HR, a podcast that talks about the most pressing issues facing talent management today and brings the knowledge of experts in the field of HR straight to you. I'm your host, Holly Pennebaker. If you're listening on iTunes today, please take just a moment to give us a rating. It helps other talent-minded people discover the program. For today's podcast, I'm joined by Emily Weiss, Vice President of Digital Skills Portfolio at Skillsoft. Passionate about enabling people to succeed, she has extensive experience in the e-learning and training industries. With an MSE and BSE in Human Factors and Industrial Engineering from the University of Iowa, Emily has always been enthusiastic about the proving lives of individuals at the intersection of technology and critical everyday activities. She is now excited to be leading that change at Skillsoft. So welcome, Emily. Thanks for having me, Holly. It's a pleasure to be here. Not too long ago, Emily was HCI's featured presenter for the Skillsoft webcast called Digital Literacy, building expertise in critical everyday digital activities. For today's podcast, we'll explore digital literacy, the skills gap, where to start gaining digital knowledge, and how to teach digital literacy and how you can become an expert. So Emily, let's cover some background in the digital literacy skills gap. Where did the divide between digital capabilities first begin and how did the gap widen right before our eyes? Well, Holly, in the broadest sense, um, it really started as technology development really took off in the IT, engineering, and computing space. You know, the expanded use of computers and the Internet for business and personal use in the 1990s really drove the market for these kinds of technical skills. And then, of course, the explosion of digital technology use in the early 2000s, that's really what's gotten us to, to the state that we're in. And, and when you think about it, there was sort of a confluence of circumstances that occurred. First, advances in technology started occurring at a lightning pace speed. So there were new computing languages, new approaches to technologies, and also new devices that were being developed to push the boundaries and the types of technologies that could be developed, the types of activities we can accomplish digitally. Now, these advances, they're largely in the area of mobile computing, smartphones, desktop computing, and e-commerce. So, so they started being rapidly adopted and, and, of course, then subsequently improved upon. Now, at the same time, the pipeline for workers with the right skills hadn't really caught up to this growing demand. We didn't, and I would also say still don't, have enough students enrolling in programs like computer science and engineering um, across the nation really to fill the growing, the gap that we see in the IT and developer space. Now, bringing it back to end users, we see the adoption curve for these kinds of technologies has just been phenomenal. That over a period of about five years in the early 2000s, we went from a predominantly analog world to a predominantly digital world. The pace of that change was phenomenal. Uh, the early adopters for those digital tools um, that were used in business, they were able to keep up with that change that happened, and they were early adopters, so they were sort of geared for that anyway. And also the change wasn't happening so terribly fast. And what we're finding now is that the rate of change is faster than ever, and also all types of people, everybody is adopting these technologies, so not just early adopters anymore. And that makes it harder for all end users to keep up. 
Now, the productivity gains and the associated innovations that companies have seen and also the market share that comes along with that, seen by organizations uh, who went digital early on, have really inspired everyone to make a move to be more digital. So that's pushing these technologies and proliferating them out so that everyone is using them across all roles and really across all industries. And, and really, the more we introduce these technologies more broadly into our workforce, I think there was an expectation that adoption in the business world would be as easy as it is in our personal lives. And what we're finding is that that was a severe miscalculation and, and really a miscalculation in understanding the impact that widespread use of digital technologies would have on the workforce as a whole and also on the processes that we all engage in to make the business run in an efficient manner. So looking back at when the change first started, why wasn't anything done early on to keep the digital skills gap more narrow and manageable? Yeah, I've, I've thought about that a lot, and I think there are some a uh, couple of underlying reasons. Um, first, I think um, that we underestimated what it takes to get everyone, so kind of referencing what I just talked about, everyone proficient. And I think we've also underestimated the impact that a lack of proficiency by even a small part of the organization has on the organization as a whole and their ability to achieve its business goals. So it's not enough to simply send out a corporate-wide email um, dictating adoption of tool X, Y, or Z. We have to provide training on the tool itself, how that tool is expected to provide value to the business, and how it fits into our existing um, or our new, as the case may be, business processes. Additionally, um, I think there's also been an expectation that younger generations or new coworkers and their familiarity with digital technology will have um, more of a rising tide effect than they actually do. So digital literacy, or the lack thereof, it can be found in all demographics. Even people who are quote-unquote digital natives may not have all the digital skills needed for the business environment. In fact, we're really finding that more and more recent graduates are not coming to the workplace with all the digital skills they need. So to expect, therefore, that hiring younger people will solve the digital gap is really a fallacy. And, and finally, I don't think we anticipated um, how quickly jobs would change as a result of changing technology. So rather than seeing an evolution, sort of a natural evolution of skill sets that can be dealt with through natural attrition and retiring and that sort of thing, we're seeing jobs are changing so quickly that employees must actively reskill and relearn throughout their career. Um, the current reskilling rate for professionals is now a year and a half, and that I find simply amazing. So it's likely safe to say goals associated with digital literacy come with a challenge. In fact, becoming digitally literate may seem daunting for some. Describe the very first step of becoming digitally literate. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's very helpful if you can first build your mental model of how that system or tool that you're trying to learn works. And this is true of learning in general. And, and so it's, it's really no different in these kinds of applications. You need a solid foundation in order to construct a proper house. If you're plunging, for example, into the world of cloud-based productivity tools, um, you really need to know what it means to work in a cloud, uh, where the information is stored, how you access it, what's good about it, what the constraints are. 
And then you need to make sure you have a good understanding of the specific technology you're adopting and what it's supposed to do, um, and, and also what it's supposed to do within the context of your particular organization and job. So having that foundation can really help put all the subsequent pieces of information into their correct place, and it also helps the learner understand how to troubleshoot if things go wrong. And now, at this point, you can really start to dive into the details of the technology. So get into the features, understand how to create new documents, how to format things, how to share. You know, you can, at that point, you really can dive into to the more feature-specific learning, but you've got to have that foundation to start. So once leaders become proficient in digital literacy, it's important that they've spread the knowledge. How can leaders best teach digital literacy to all levels of their workforce? Um, yeah, this is a great question. I think I think leaders can do a lot here to encourage digital literacy overall and, and encourage um, training of specific technologies. Uh, so one way is to encourage employees to try new ways of using existing technologies or even to experiment with new technologies that might be beneficial to the organization as a whole. You know, this, this is really an outlook thing. By encouraging experimentation like this, Leaders then encourage employees to be inquisitive. They encourage them to innovate. They encourage them to learn. And small innovations within a role or a functional area can really have dramatic impacts across the organization. And, and those small innovations I've seen often get picked up and applied across organizations. And this type of encouragement, it can really come um, through in a number of ways. So it can come in how leaders communicate. Um, the organization's objectives. So some, some objectives can be very forthcoming and, and encouraging this kind of innovation and thinking. It can come simply through how the IT department responds to an employee asking if they can try out a new technology. And it can also come through specific programs that might be developed um, throughout the year to acknowledge or honor little innovations that employees do make and have success with. Now, when it comes to supporting and encouraging adoption of very specific technologies, first set forth your expectations about the technology use. Make sure everyone is clear on, on how it is intended to help your business, why you're adopting it, that sort of thing. But when, once you get that done, the most important thing a leader can do is to adopt that technology fervently. They must walk the walk on it. Now, this is particularly true if the technology adoption also necessitates a change in culture or a change in process. Uh, so if the expectation is that certain kinds of communication, for example, will move from email to, say, Slack or some other collaboration tool, then the leaders in the organization also need to do this. They must lead the way here. They clearly don't need to be in every channel if it's Slack, but they really need to be moving the appropriate conversations from email into that tool, and, and they need to be available to employees in that tool. They, they shouldn't expect their employees, for example, in this example, to communicate one way amongst themselves and then another way with them. And, and finally, I'd say leaders really need to provide support to employees who learn in different ways. So some employees simply need sort of permission to go out and learn. You know, they, they will figure out how a technology is used on their own, and they, they are very good at that and very comfortable doing that. Other employees really need targeted training and practice opportunities, maybe through their e-learning system, maybe through, you know, some courses um, that, are, that are in person. There are a number of ways to accomplish that. And there are still others who are somewhere in the middle. They like to um, maybe figure out 
some things out or most things out, but then they need access to some quick training or some quick job aids that will help them answer some of the more complicated questions they have on functionality. And I'd say, yeah, I said finally, but I'll have one more suggestion. And the last suggestion I'll provide to leaders on this topic is really about follow through. Digital literacy is not a fly-by-night, one-and-you're-done program. Leaders need to enable their L&D organizations to maintain the currency of their content, and they also need to promote a continual learning environment across all aspects of their organization. So this industry is no static place to be. Things can change at any time, and that certainly seems to be the trend. There's likely no final destination in digital transformation, meaning it's an ongoing process. How can you make sure you're on the cutting edge, aware of the latest and greatest of digital literacy strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think that's particularly true in in this digital literacy world. Um, One easy way, if you license your content from from a vendor, is to make sure that the training that you're licensing is maintained. Um, So in the world, and particularly in this world of cloud-based technologies, um, it's really easy for applications to be updated, and they they are. They're frequently updated, and in some cases not with a lot of warning. Now, there are some companies like Microsoft, they publish a roadmap which makes it easy to track, but not others do. So definitely make sure, work with your vendor and make sure that your content is up to date. But that's just on the areas that you've decided to focus on. The other thing you need to do is really talk to the functional areas in your organization to understand what technological advances are coming, what they're using, what they need to use. There are early adopters in every group. You need to find them and you need to make friends with them. You need to touch base with them periodically to make sure that your digital literacy program stays current and addresses your workforce's current needs. So we don't know yet what the next slack will be, but I can bet you that your engineering department will know before you do. Similarly, your marketing team will know how they want to build up their MarTech stack to stay on top of the game. Similarly, your IT department is your best source of information about your current security challenges that your organization is experiencing and and any updated training that might need to happen around them. As an L&D team, uh, you need to keep your focus on ensuring that you know how to train the best, how to train these kinds of, of concepts the best, and the tools and methodologies that enable effective learning and also enable retention. That's where L&D shines. On the content side, use your connections throughout your organization to identify the digital skills content that's the most relevant. Well, thank you, Emily. We so appreciate having you as a guest today and for speaking with our listeners. Thanks, Holly. It was my pleasure to be here. And to everyone tuning in, thanks so much for spending part of your day with Emily and with us here at HCI. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed the show. You can find HCI podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, have a wonderful day.